RadioInfluence.com. Oh my God, this one, this one, this one, this one. This is, listen, Eric Burns is my guest. He's a former Major League Baseball player, but he is so much more than that. What a good dude. Very, very cool. Really unbelievable. Even if you're only a casual baseball fan, don't, 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 don't go somewhere else. You got to hear this interview. Eric Burns, I was always kind of, I was a fan. I was a fan of him after he even played baseball. He's been at the top once he finished baseball. I mean, he already made it to Major League Baseball. He was drafted a couple of times, high school. He went to UCLA, very confident in his abilities. He had a really nice career. He was a hustler. He was very good defensively, did have some pop. Uh, last year, he was with the Savannah Bananas. They're like the Globetrotters of baseball. They bring so much fun and energy to the game. It's been great. They go around the country. He was with them. Once he finished his Major League Baseball career, he was right at the top. ESPN Baseball Tonight. MLB Network. He worked at the World Series as an analyst, did some coverage. He's been on XM Satellite Radio. Uh, Pac-12, he's done College World Series, talk shows, San Francisco, KNBR. Now he's at No Filter Network. That's where I ran into him at the Super Bowl on Media Row. Uh, Tony Bruno, legendary talk show host, national, big out of Philly, did some work even in Tampa at one time. He's on No Filter Network. A lot of guys that got canceled, they can say what they want. They don't have any bosses. It's great. Uh, but he's just so interesting, marathoner, extreme sports guy, uh, and just good, just good dude. Very positive too, man. After I w- walked away from the interview, I was like blown away. It re- 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 renewed my energy just for life. Really, really cool. So I got a ton of stories. We're still looking for a house. Oh my god! I even got. Oh, oh, we had to get a lawyer and we went, oh, but I got some stories, but I'll hit you on the back end. But this one's, this one's great. Okay. I'll do more football NFL. My exclusives will sit down with Todd Bowles, head coach of the Bucks, the GM, Jason Light. We got the draft coming up next week, but I, I, this is Eric Burns. You're going to love this. All right. Don't go anywhere. Don't click anywhere else. Keep it right here. He really, he really needs no introduction. Very, very cool. My man, Eric Burns. All right, I am with Eric Burns. Eric Burns is just, you know, he's had an incredible life, but, you know, still such a young man, so many things to do, and he's still doing it. You look, first of all, you look fantastic. Thank you. How do you feel? I feel great. Yeah, just keep moving, right? I mean, that's what life's about, and after I get done playing, it... One of the things I've found, I'd say, relief in and just kind of transitioning that passion and love that I had for baseball was endurance sports. So started uh, with a sprint triathlon, led to Ironmans and then 100 mile races. And, uh, you know, eventually this, I, I prob- you probably do not know this, but it's this wacky world record where I played 420 holes of golf in a 24 hour period. Uh, which the record has stood for 47 years. So it's just, it's just crazy endurance stuff is what I got into. And just really, yeah, really enjoying it. You, like I said, you, just real quickly on your baseball career, you were at UCLA, all right? You were drafted two times, I believe, out of high school mm-hmm. and then also at UCLA. And both times said no. Third time, obviously, you go and you have a career. Not many kids that get drafted to get their chance would actually turn it down. Why was that? You you just had confidence, that much confidence in yourself, Eric? That's funny, because I was just talking to these guys about that. Uh, but basically, I, I figured that if I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it. Now, whether that happens me signing out of high school, whether it happens after my junior year of college when I was eligible for the draft again, or my senior year, uh, eventually when I signed, it was gonna be on me. And the first couple times, the just, the little funky things like the Dodgers wanted me to it was either Great Falls Montana or they wanted to do a draft and follow which they don't think they have that anymore but basically you could draft a kid send him to junior college sign him before the next draft and then I got drafted by the Astros and 
that whole thing was kind of weird because they drafted a guy by the name of Lance Berkman in the first round. And because they got Lance at like, I don't know, let's say they had the 17th pick, they had to spend more money signing him. So they didn't sign their second round, who I believe was Gerald Laird, longtime big league catcher, third round or the fourth round, which is me. And so anyhow, it was one of those things where as a player, and it just goes beyond just playing a game, right? This is like just in life, like you have to believe in yourself. And I, I, I felt that if I go back to UCLA, and which was, you know, I, what an awesome opportunity. I, we just got back from the College World Series, get a whole nother year of education, that opportunity graduate. Like this is, that's what sticks with you in life. There's two things that my dad used to always say this. I, it, ironically, it would have been his 70th birthday today. Wow. But uh, he passed away about 10 years ago. But he, he would say, there's two things I can give you in life that no one could ever take away. Education experience. He's like, I give you a house, you burn it down, a, a car, you go go straight it off a cliff. Apparently, he did that when he was a kid. Uh, he's like, I, you know, a, a stack of cash, you go blow it in Vegas. Education experience. So those are two things that, you know, you can get that no one will ever be able to take away from you. And the two things that he said that he can, you know, help give me, and that's that was it. Like the education, you know, an education from UCLA, and uh, you know the experiences that I got to live in, in college. And then when it was over, it was over, and I was all in. And I wasn't going to look back and think this or that. And I had a short window of time to make it. And you know, fortunately, I did. You know, like you're saying, it's so much more than just the game on the field. Like there's some kids, 18 years old, they've never even been away from home, and you got all that, and you, you know, you got to be ready. You were ready. All right, so you play. In the big leagues, you were known as, you know, hustler, speed. You did have power. I noticed there was one year, did you not have, what was it, 50 stolen bases? Was it 20 dingers, 20 I believe? 20 homers, 50 bags. I'm one of 11 people in the history of baseball to ever do it. There you go. <laughs> but kind of random fact, I was, I was an okay player, but it, I had, I had a, that, that was a pretty special year. And that was, it was a, most importantly, it was a year that the Diamondbacks uh, ended up winning the National League West, defied like long odds to do it. And then we took down the Cubs who were like two to one favorites in the series against us. Uh, and then we ended up running into the buzzsaw that was the Rockies that had won like, you know, 19 out of 20. And we got swept by them in the National League Championship Series. But just what a cool opportunity to be able to, you know, have put together a couple, you know, really nice seasons and play on some cool teams. I mean, between that and that team right there, that 07 Diamondbacks team, and you know the Moneyball teams; those were those were special. You also last on your career, baseball career. You were very, very good defensively. Is that something that you prided yourself and you had to put in work? Yeah, Did, it was. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't a great defender at all, and I had to work for it. And so you want to talk about pride yourself? Like if you, my college teammates would laugh if you had told them that I would one day win a Fielding Bible Award, which. It's not a gold glove, it's better, because the gold glove they hand out one at, at, in each league and you know at, at the different positions, whatever. Fielding Bible Award is, takes into account the metrics. All this, so this was Bill James before all of it, and in 07 I was the best, left, got, got voted as the best left fielder based on all the numbers and everything else. Well, I was freaking awful in college. I just didn't, I, it's having a feel and, and, and you get a feel by playing it and doing it. And so in high school, I played third, I played short, I played second. Um, I, I caught my senior year. And so I didn't have a position. Now the irony of all this is that when I got drafted by the Dodgers, it was a 38th round out of high school. And when I got drafted, I'm, you know, they put the positions next to it. And I was like, well, I wonder what position, you know, they're going to put because I wasn't a catcher. I kind of clearly knew that. I don't think really clearly knew that I was able to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and said center field. And that's where they projected me being, you know, down in the future. And it was just one of those things where I had to learn how to do it. And so if you give me time and you give me the resources to figure out how to do something, I'm going to do it. And that was, so I went from being a, a really, really bad outfielder at UCLA 
over the years, I got a little bit better, got in the minor leagues. It was like, I kept improving and started working with Roy White, legendary Yankees outfielder. And Roy taught me how to loosen up. And so instead of being so rigid and catching the ball with two hands, he taught me how to actually pimp balls. He said, like, you get the Ricky Henderson, Dave Henderson slap on the knee, snatch catch. And that made me more comfortable uh, in the outfield. And then that helped with reads and jumps and everything without being so rigid. Wow. Broadcasting career, I was looking, you've worked at a high level for just about everybody, from ESPN to MLB Network, and then in, in radio, and, and, and everything, just, uh, you, you've done it all. How far do you think you have come from when you first started, and you probably think, oh, I know what I'm doing, you know, talking to baseball, to where, to where you are now, Eric? Yeah, Robert, you know what, dude, I always have prided myself on being authentic, being real. Uh, I think I've probably, uh, nearly given plenty of uh, people that I've worked with, including uh, Michael Connor, who's running around here. He works for M NFL Network now. He was one of our producers at MLB when I was there. And I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard like, Burns, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just, I, I saw there was this growing experience where if you're going to be raw, you're going to be real, which is, which is great. And you want to make sure I've always tried to pride myself on making sure that I, I'm not going to sugarcoat something. I, I, I really want to tell you, you know, how I feel. This is my genuine analysis of it. But I also don't want to say something just to say it. I don't want to say something just for effect and try to see if I can get a rise. Like I want, I want this to actually matter and mean something. So after 10 years of, I mean, it was ESPN, it was Fox, there was MLB Network for mainly, that was like, Oh, it's almost 10 years after, right, right after I got done playing. Uh, we were sitting and watching a game, a World Series game, and our social media girl, Gigi, from MLB Network came in, and she asked us, she said, hey, she goes, do you mind if I watch you guys watching the game? I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. And like, she's going to go on Facebook Live and do this thing. Well, it was myself, Carlos Pena, Paul Severino, we naturally reacted like, oh, did you see this and that and whatever? And this thing went viral. And so in my mind, I thought to myself, this is the future of broadcasting. This is what people want to see. They want the Manning cast. That's what, that's what then my, my neighbor was in video conferencing. He was just, he had just sold his company to Dialpad. It was, his company was, was High Five. He was looking for something new to do. Uh, we were talking about, you know, alternative broadcasts. I was telling about my experience, how this went viral. And it was like, boom, the meshing of the minds. Like, do you think, like, you could get the people to come and, and help create these sort of broadcasts? I'm like, yeah, man, easy. You think you could, like, build the tech to do it? And, you know, he, basically we needed real-time streaming. And he goes, no problem. And so we, that's why we created No Filter Network. And it's... Now, it's, it, we've been at it for a couple years now, pretty much the first two years, it's been building the platform. And this is our first, like literally, like it's technically building the platform, right? And so now it's it's us. This is our first kind of coming out party nice. with our li little booth here at Radio nice. Row. But nice. it's been it's been awesome. We have like Tony Bruno, legendary, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, radio host. Yes. Dave Benz, longtime sportscasters, worked everywhere as well. Uh, he's with the Timberwolves most recently. Uh, it, just a, an awesome crew of, of people, ambassadors, people support it. Uh, we're an open platform too. So our, our, the concept and idea of anybody, anytime, where you can come on, you can stream. It's, it's basically an events platform. You create the event. You send it out, uh, you know, you promote it, whatever. You can charge money for it. You can accept tips. So a lot of it is is empowering the content creator. We just did a deal with Mice Media where we're going to license our tech to them, which is sort of a tech play too. Mice Media is a decentralized Web3 media platform that they just want to rid themselves of any, any oversight. And, you know, it's, look. With no hate speech, no blow the belt picks. Other than that, like everything flies here, and it's you know it's 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 been really really fun. It's, it's nofilternetwork.net, I believe. Yeah. No filter. Got you. No Last one. I always end it with advice. You give advice. You've made it to the top. But the Savannah Bananas. Yeah. 
are taking United States by storm. The fans love it. Baseball is still a great game, but there's a lot of things about it. Slow and rules and the old timers and all that. And Johnny Gomes, who was a Tampa Bay Ray and I covered him. He was great. He played a game or two or something and he came back. He goes, the hype is real. Mm-hmm. You love it? You you co- didn't you coach them? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I managed the bananas through their 14 city or 14 game world tour. I, I think we ended up hitting about seven, eight cities, but it, it was awesome. There's no other way to put it. it. It's Broadway meets baseball. It's one of the most entertaining things you'll ever see. The the people that don't like baseball go to bananas games and they they just can't get enough of it. Obviously, the players dance. We have all sorts of different rules. If a fan catches a foul ball, the player's out. So you, it, it's you know Jesse Cole, who's the owner. He's done a fantastic job. Uh, Emily Cole is really the uh, I don't know just to say the engine uh, that that makes everything work. Is it Jesse's wife, Jared? It, it does the behind the scenes, you know, business side of things, but. Uh, Simply put, they're, they're brilliant, and they they have a model that has worked. They have uh, over half a million people on the wait list for this 91 game World Tour uh, coming up. I'm still going to be involved, most likely, in a broadcasting uh, capacity. There's a chance I could do more coaching, a chance I could do more playing. Nice. But it's it's you know I was talking to Jesse the other day about it, and that's just something that you know I'd, I'd love to continue to be involved with going forward, and it, it's. In some ways, I think eventually you'll see a, a banana ball league. I think it's, uh, is it going to take over MLB? No, it's, it's different. But at, what's great is that MLB has embraced it. And they're going to be playing these MLB alumni teams. Uh, and I, I think MLB is, uh, look, they have 3.9 million followers on TikTok. Like other than the Golden State Warriors, there's no other professional sports team that has more followers. So it, it's, uh, it's, it's just nuts. And so that, to look at it, to look what they've created, um, it's 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 been pretty cool and the, the concept and idea of fun wins that's it fun wins and, and and we have fun bottom of the ninth inning i ask all my guests this you have made it in life and of course you're not done no. what would be the best advice to be successful in life because you're you, it's not just baseball what do you think is the best advice you could give a young person eric Wow. It's funny because, because I, look, I write a Daily Hustle podcast, or I write a Daily Hustle blog. It goes out to thousands of people, 15,000 people every morning. And, I, and all I do is divulge advice. And if you ask me for one, I mean, there's, it, it'd be really hard to, to pin it down, but... Follow your heart, uh, follow your passion, believe in yourself. I, that, that's, that's it. it it's, it's, don't let anybody tell you no. I, I was a kid and would tell everybody, I don't want to say tell everybody, but if the conversation came up and they'd ask, you know, what do you want to do for, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a big league baseball player. And there's no question. And then you would get the, oh yeah, well, every kid wants to be a big league baseball player. And this, I didn't know. I'm going to be a big league baseball player. So it's, one foot in front of the other, too. I mean, that's a big one. I learned that in the endurance world, learned that in life, going through challenging times like, you know, we'll all deal with if we're lucky to, you know, live long enough. It's, it's, it's you know, heartbreak and loss and everything else. But I, I think just keep charging. I mean, I, I think that's probably it. There you go. I, I've, I've talked myself into the answer. Keep charging. Keep going. I, this is... A, beautiful opportunity beautiful time to be alive i mean it, it is to think about the you know technological revolution the the third industrial revolutions i like that like this with the technology that we have with with you know the way the way the world just is so interconnected don't be afraid to disconnect it now and again too right so that's i, I think that's that's important and, and take care of yourself Take care. You, you have to take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your mental health. Set a routine. Uh, we could do this all day. So. You're even better than I figured. I knew. I figured. I knew you were a good dude. And you're better than I thought. Eric Burns, thank you so much. Robert, thanks, man. What? Thank you, Eric. What I took 
from talking to him. It was at the end of a day. Okay, I had seen Tony Bruno doing his thing and got him on the pod. Uh, I had this in the can here for several weeks. I'm like, I know I have a sit down with Todd Bowles, exclusive head coach of the NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneers, exclusive Jason Light sit down with him. Uh, It's rare you get a sit down with a GM and a head coach of an NFL team. We got the draft coming up, but I'm like, I cannot wait any longer. I got to play. I got to give you Eric Burns. Uh, I've been following him on the No Filter Network, and he's got a great personality. He had a tremendous interview with uh, Will Clark, who used to have, remember Will Clark, man, the swing that he had? Oh, my God, thing of beauty. Just, But when I walked away, it was at the end of the day, Eric Burns was holding court with a bunch of guys, about three or four guys, um, and just talking baseball, talking with these guys, and I didn't want to interrupt, and I stood there for about, I would say 10, 15 minutes. And he had done his whole show and it's a long day and there's a lot going on, a lot of people you're talking to. And I said, you just got a couple of minutes? And he goes, sure. Didn't know me from Adam. And I felt like it clicked right away, right away. I had done my homework on him. I had seen him there early in the week and I'm like, I got to get him. And I would walk around. I'd listen to a little bit of his show. I'm like, I got to get Eric Burns. I remember him years ago on the Best Damn Sports Show. Do you remember that show? It was ahead of its time. It was very entertaining. And he's done a lot of stuff off the field. So when I was doing this interview and listening to him, I'm like, oh, my God, this is gold. This is gold. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from Eric's interview here was at the end where instead of saying, you know, oh man, prices are so high. So many people are jamming airports. You know, life sucks and gas is high. Groceries are high. Shit hasn't been the same with the pandemic. He's totally opposite. He's like, isn't it a great time to be living right now? We have all this technology at our fingertips. Like he's he's looking at life at the gla- with the glass half full. Positive, positive. And that's how he comes across. Look, I'm not here to be Mr. Positive saying every day when you wake up today. No, but he he's he's got it. And actually, it really I walked away that day like, damn, I enjoyed that. Damn, he's right. It is a good time to be alive. We got a lot at our fingertips. Go make something of it. Yeah. And I walked back to my uh, Airbnb in Phoenix after that. And I was just like, damn, he pumped me up. So, Eric, hopefully I will run into you again. Hopefully that wasn't the last time that we'll talk. And I enjoy your stuff. It's No Filter Network. Just Google it. Check out his show and all some of the other shows. It's great. You can get in the not the room. You can you can chime in. It's like talk radio, but it's better. And there's no there's no filter, no filter. So I wish them well. Maybe I'll do something with you guys. It, it was great. It was great. It was great. It was great. Tony Bruno, thank you as well, and all the best, Eric Burns. You're my man. I look up to you. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Uh, what we got going on, what we got going on here. I'm settling in now to major league baseball coverage. I have renewed enthusiasm for baseball. I love the pitch clock. I love the way the games move. I love it. Listen, I started playing organized baseball at seven years old. I was a lefty, a little skinny lefty. I always had a good arm. And I wanted to be first base. And they're like, no, you're going to be a pitcher. And I pitched all the way through. Obviously pitched through high school, pitched through college, two years St. Leo, Division II. Then I also pitched at uh, William Patterson, which was Division Three, And I loved every second of it. And then I pitched in amateur, you know, men's leagues. They say semi-pro. It's not really semi-pro. You're not getting paid. You actually got to pay to play. But I pitched all the way through till 50 years old. Had to have surgery on the shoulder finally. And uh, I loved, my point is, I loved the game. But the game was too long. It was too long. It was dragging. 
It was it was boring. It was too long for me. For me, I know I got some old schoolers that don't mind and all that, but for me, it was just too long. And now it just moves. This is 2023. Our attention spans are short. You want the game to grow, and I think the World Baseball Classic was a joy. I remember other years with the World Baseball Classic, WBC. I would check it out a little bit now and then, here and there, but there was something about it this year. Why was that? You're going to get, I was telling my, I was trying to explain to my wife, Emily, last night. I'm like, I remember I grew up in a town called Dover, New Jersey, heavy Puerto Rican population. Believe me, I know only swear words. I mean, I, I only knew swear words because I was in the streets with my bike. I had a paper route for years. <laughs> and and you, you grow up around Spanish, you pick up a little bit. But I pitched in, you know, all the leagues and Legion and Babe Ruth and, you know, all that in town. But I remember on Sundays, this place called Hamilton Field, in Dover, there would be Puerto Rican baseball on Sundays. And I was, I remember being blown away by the crowd, men, women, kids, the flags, the chanting, the bongo drum, I mean, whatever they had, it, it was, it was something. And I was like, I want, I want, I want, I want to pitch, I want to pitch on that field. It was really, really cool. There's something about Latin Americans, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Cuba, the DR, Dominican Republic, the, the, the passion that they have for baseball and their game. And well, Amer I know it's America's pastime, but, and it was just so evident at the World Baseball Classic. I talked to several that, have, that were at games, especially the ones like down in Miami. And they, they were like, they were, it, was, it, was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And the games were good and it was exciting. Japan and the United States. How about Otani with Trout facing Trout and, and good for Japan. And I just thought it was great. So it was a great way to start like the baseball season. And I think there's carryover with the new rules. I think it's fantastic. And if you're an old schooler and you can't stand it, well, okay, you're, you go, you know, life, there's changes. We were just discussing, so we're still here at my in-laws. Thank God they have given us a place because I don't know what we would do. If you have not been following my podcast, real quickly, we rolled the dice. My wife wanted to move, wanted to sell our house. We knew we would get a good price the way things are going. We put it up. We didn't even put up a sign. Boom, we got it. We had to do a lot quickly, and it's turned into quite a bit. We've had a lawsuit against her. We've had to have a, get a lawyer. We're doing all kinds of stuff. We it, and now there's not a lot of inventory, and I'm not going to get into everything. But it's been a little bit stressful. It's been a little bit stressful. But we're all healthy. Life is pretty darn good. So I mean, you know what I'm saying. But we were just talking. Uh, with my father-in-law out here on the patio the other night, my brother-in-law, Andy, who works very high up in the NFL on Park Avenue in New York, next to Roger Goodell's office or across the street. And he is out and about. I've seen Andy at the Super Bowl week. I've seen Andy at the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix. Uh, I see Andy at these things. He just went to the Masters last week. He had a little VIP, took his wife. He, he's unbelievable. But we were just talking with my father-in-law, his two son-in-laws who are out in it and just how life has changed. Like my father-in-law still likes holding on to the newspaper. He still subscribes and that's, the newspaper is barely hanging on. And it's tough when you have to have a digital subscription or a subscription because you, you, there's so many places you can get your same information for free, you know? And we were just discussing this with him and how it's changed and how big social media is. How big social media is for kids. I mean, we're trying, trying to limit the amount of time our daughter, who's 13 years old, is on the phone. It's pretty much impossible. And she's an only child. 
her brother, Hunter, he's he's been in Georgia for months now. Uh, maybe he comes back over here. So they don't, and there's an age difference there. So, I mean, that's how she gets all of her information or her entertainment, you know, and it's just different. And now I've been told for recruiting, let's say not only football, let's say you're a baseball player and you're in high school. You might be in travel ball. It's how many fo- the followers thing is also a factor or how much, how many eyeballs you can bring the interest, your brand. Like, oh my God. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's too much, too much, but I don't see the light world changing. And if you're not on board, then you're just, okay, you're going to be in the past. But I, I am certainly not the get off my lawn guy. I'm not. I like what's happening now, but there's a lot of things that I don't like what's happening now. But I'll never forget, there was a gentleman that used to run the press box at the Trop, at the Rays games when it first started. His name was Jerry Ramsberger. He's such a gentleman. He was a longtime high school baseball. I think he did football too, but he was a coach. He was in the school system. He was a mentor to so many. He played at Notre Dame. He went on to coach at St. Pete College and just a pillar in the community, a total gentleman. And for the first couple of years that the Rays were in existence, he ran the press box and he was such a gentleman. And I'll never forget, there was one day where, and he was older, but he was in great shape. Still a real strong handshake, you know, one of those guys, just, just such a good man. And he was saying, you know, he had buddies that were his age saying, oh, I can't stand the way life is now. We used to do it this way. Life was so much better in the old days than now. And Jerry Ramsberger, he was like in his late 70s, I think. And he said, you know what I say? Look at my phone here. My daughter lives out of state. I pick up this phone. I'm able to contact her. I'm able to see her. I, I I couldn't do that in the old days. There's other things that I can do now that I couldn't do in the old days. Life right now is good, you know? And it was like, that's almost like Eric Burns. We're very fortunate. If you are living right now, you got a roof over your head. You are very, very fortunate. You got the world, you know, world by the balls. Go for it, man. And uh, I was just thinking back to Jerry Ramsberger on, you know, the old versus, you know, new and this and they and the way we used to do things and this and that and this and that. So there you go. But I did, I want to, I was, I'd love to, if this was a talk radio or no filter, I'd love to hear from you right now. But this is a podcast, so we can't do that. What do you prefer? I have been traveling quite a bit lately. And even in the situation that we're in right now, Emily and myself and my daughter, like I say, my son has been in Georgia. He's doing his own thing. He's 25. He's turning 26. Um, we're, we're staying at my in-laws. We don't have a home. Inventory in the Tampa Bay area or where we want Upper Pinellas for her high school that she's going to be going to next year is very, very low, meaning there's hardly any homes in where we want to live. Hardly anything. So, so when... The in-laws, where we're staying, they have their daughter and then Andy, the son-in-law, and their family. They're coming in for a visit. So we're, we're going to, we'll, we'll take a couple of days out. We've been, we've been glomming off of you here. <laughs> we'll gladly go. So we say, you know what? We'll do a little Airbnb. We'll do a little Airbnb in this town called Safety Harbor. Not far away. I could maybe walk to some of the bars, you know, have a good time. I got my one of my best buddies, Damon, he's at a place, you know, uh, crooked, and maybe I can walk over there. Great, 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 great. So it's an older upstairs, an old b- bungalow that they kind of, you know, redid a little bit. It's different, very artsy, but old. And uh, we were looking forward to it on a weeknight, two, three weeknights. Now, we did get a refund for the, for the last two nights. We went there. I checked in, did the code. 
Went upstairs. I'm like, okay, this is going to be kind of cool. Kind of cool. We're in downtown. My, my wife and daughter come from after school. Emily works at the school where my daughter is. They come in. All right, blah, blah, blah. My daughter had something going on. She's very hot and all this. There's always, there's always something, always something. And uh, from about 11 o'clock until 1.45, almost 2 a.m. in the morning, on the same block, on a restaurant, with a power washer. It was either a power washing machine or the painting machine. These two jackasses started, lit it up, and just started working. Is there not a sound ordinance, a noise ordinance in town? It was so loud. And when they say, oh, you stay in a bungalow, it's quaint, it was built back. Yeah, there's no insulation, the sound. You can hear people talking on the street. This is on a Tuesday night. A Tuesday night, Monday or Tuesday night. That was a Monday. Nothing's going on. We could not sleep. I thought it was road construction on Main Street. I'm not going to mention the restaurant because it's very popular. It was so loud. My wife is a light sleeper. She couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. You try to put pillows over your head. You're paying for an Airbnb. It's freaking so loud. And they don't give a shit. Oh my God, there's other houses right here, right here. Uh, can't you do that during the day? Can't you do that up until 11 o'clock? You got to start now till almost two in the morning. It was so loud. So I started looking up. There's a sheriff's department. Is it an emergency? No, it's not an emergency. But to file a noise complaint, you got to wait until the next morning. What good is that? We didn't get any sleep. And here's our Airbnb. We're trying the Airbnb thing. There's pros and cons to both. I mentioned last week on the podcast the safety issue. If you got a wife or a daughter or a single girl staying in a community where they have an Airbnb house, there's no security around, man. You know, it's a little shaky. We were at one in Denver and uh, the neighbors put all their garbage in the air, in, in our garbage can. And that means they knew that we were staying there and we were in Airbnb and they're scoping us out. But there's a whole bunch of family members and I'm there. I'm a man. My brother-in-law is there. And no, was he there? No, he wasn't there. But my, the, my dad, my father-in-law was there. So, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, and I was telling Andy, he goes, it's a problem. So we were like, it's brutal. And Emily was on the phone. We got a refund for the next two nights. And then, uh, and we stayed. We didn't couldn't go back here because we had there's family members and we've already been glomming off my in laws. So, all right, here we go again. I got so much stuff in the trunk. I try to do my taxes, financial stuff, bills. I got clothes. Um, we're living out of the trunk of my car, you know, constantly. I, but don't get me wrong. I am not complaining one bit. We're still very very fortunate. But I'm just trying to give you a little you know insight. So okay. What about a Candlewood Suites? Oh, it's still at the, the end of spring break. What? You know, these prices, a little hotel, motel, even a Hampton Inn. We got to go up to Tarpon. No, what about this one right here in uh, Clearwater? Little place, not much, not much. Uh, a little suites. Okay, beautiful. Boom, not bad. 200 a night. Okay, we'll do two nights there. All right, that way we won't be, you know, crowding everybody here at the house. We check in. Everything is cool. Everything is cool again. Oh, it's pretty good. It's kind of quiet here. Oh, great. The girls went off to school. They're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing during the day, back and forth, blah, blah, blah. We got one night in, not bad. We get two nights in, not bad. We, we Luckily, we pulled out for that third night because the girls went off to school. Like I say, Emily works at the school. 
I was there. I had to do a few, th- oh, my daughter had a sty infection. She couldn't go to school. I had to watch her. Okay, beautiful. Now she's going to decide to go at around noon, one o'clock. Okay. Oh, I'm a member. I'm an IAGH member. I can check out at two. Beautiful. I get one more hour in of the hotel before I come back here to the house and unload all our stuff here again and put it in the living room. A bunch young people, like two, three guys, a girl, they check in the next room. Now, this is a hotel. That's why I'm wondering what's better. Airbnb or hotel, they check in right next to our room, but we're going to be checking out. They're starting to party and they're heavy and you can hear, I can hear the conversation right through the walls. I can smell what's going on. I can hear it. And they're starting at one o'clock, one ten in the afternoon on a weekday. Can you imagine what this room is going to be like in the evening? And I have my family, my daughter and my wife, and it's the next room. Sometimes you can move, sometimes you can't move. And I was so happy that we were checking out. I can hear the guy, well, Carlos, you know, if that's his problem, this to this, I can hear it clear as a day, I can hear the girls, and you're loud, and it's one o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, thank God we're checking, I'm checking out here. And then I was driving away, I'm like, what's, what's worse, what's better? What do you prefer? Hotel or Airbnb? That Airbnb at night in downtown Safety Harbor was brutal. I don't want to give Safety Harbor. I used to like it. I liked that town. But this place where they allowed that to go on until that late, forget about it. But anyway, there you go. Now we're back here. Here we go. We got the NHL playoffs starting, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've had such a good run. Anything right now is going to be gravy. But I love, I do, I haven't really been covering the bolts that much i've been so busy with football the baseball and then selling the house putting the new roof on putting stuff in storage moving over here daily here and there you don't want to put anything permanent in here i mean we're just looking for housing then we have this other thing that we had to get a lawyer we're dealing with that and just it's you know i'm trying so i just didn't have a chance but i'm all over it now I will be giving you insight into the NHL play. And hockey playoffs are cool. It, everything is so stinking amped up. It really is good. The one thing that I have been able to do and has kept my sanity, but it tells you life in general, like career, it ain't going that great because <laughs> I remember a long, 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 long time ago. I was out of broadcasting for a year and a half, two years. My wife had had cancer at the time. Nancy, this is a long, it's like a lifetime ago. And I got out of, I was working in a small, small TV station. My first TV gig in Plattsburgh, New York, WPTZ. It was Plattsburgh, New York slash Burlington, Vermont. Now they don't even mention Plattsburgh. It's Burlington, 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 Vermont. And I loved it. I was like, I know I can do this. You know, this is sports casting, TV, weekend anchor, weekday reporter. But my wife was, uh, her cancer had come back and I was like, okay, so I left. I was only there a couple of months. News director understood, came back to New Jersey, got a job back in line painting again, out with these guys all day, eight hours, 10 hours a day on the roads and thinking I'll never get back in. And then once I got, once I got back into broadcasting, I was in it all the way till this end here when 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 uh, my contract was not renewed, but all those years. And I just, I, you know, I loved, I love what I did and do. I love what I did and do. Now, there's a reason why I'm trying to remember why I was bringing that up to you. Because again, I do have Anheuser's and I admit it. I Anheuser-Busch should really employ me. I have drank so many of your beers over the years and bought so much, so many 12 packs over the years. It's not even funny. Uh, But why did I bring up broadcasting? Well, I don't know. That is a good reason. And I don't know. That's why I should really write things down. Oh, yes. So when I was out of the beeswax, 
when I was in Denver, Colorado and moved there with my an ex I had remarried. It was not working out. And we decided to move to Denver, just check it out. We were there for a year. She left. That was it. Marriage was over. She's going to Florida. I stayed. I got an apartment from the townhouse. I signed a lease for a year. I was like, I'm never coming back. But I wanted to get into broadcasting. I was I was like 30 years old, 31, 32. So I wasn't ready. I was done yet. And, uh, and then I got a job in Tampa, Florida, in radio. And then I got in TV and I stayed. And I've been here ever since. But I always remember when things were like not going good on the uh, job s- search, I would always work out, either go to a gym, do my, do my workout, that you can control. And it's the same now. And I have a lot more time. And so that's the one thing is I am probably in the best shape because when I get on that scale now at Publix, I'm like, oh my God, I am right where I've always wanted to be and maybe even two or three pounds less. I don't eat as much since I had my uh, gallbladder operation. My portions are small. I, I won't admit this if I was out with the guys, but if I'm by myself and I want to get it to go order somewhere, <laughs> you want I, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I get the kids menu I get a burger and fries the thing is bigger than you'd be surprised the portions they give you here in our country it's fine I don't eat as much I really don't and I think that I'm hell I think I'm doing fine it's not like I'm starving anytime I'm hungry I'm gonna eat something I just don't eat the biggest portions so as much as I'm you know would like to be doing more hopefully i will i i'm i i make sure i hit the and for me i like going to the gym like i told it on a couple of podcasts back the big show who i ran into here in tampa bay he was on chris jericho's podcast and jericho asked him he's like big show being a giant being in the business so long, how do you how do you stay motivated to stay in shape? And he said, so many days that I don't want to work out. But you know what I do? I drive myself to the gym. And once I drive there, I'm in the parking lot. I'm not going to turn around and go home. I drove here. I'm going to walk in. And once you walk in, to Anytime Fitness or wherever you, you're going to work out. You're going to do something. And so now there's some people, the guy that cut my hair today, he finally fixed it. He he, he gave me a, <laughs> but he was there today. And he said, he's like, I'm not a gym guy. I can't stand going to the gym. He's taken up disc golf. Do you know what that is? It's like a Frisbee and you throw it into these chains, uh, like a little, uh, it looks, looks almost like a big cup, but it's with chains and boom. They got a couple courses around here. It's free. And he's only taking it up three months. He's addicted. He's trying to, my wife and I want to play pickleball, but there's no courts around here. Uh, We were just talking about that, but he's like, I'm not a gym guy. I am. I don't like, I like walking if it's in a city and you're seeing a lot of different things, storefronts, different people. I don't like a long path in the woods. I get bored. I don't run. I get bored but I don't mind going to a gym. And down here, it's so hot and so humid that going into an air-conditioned fitness gym and hitting the weights a little bit, I don't mind it. It is my outlet. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel, it makes you feel better when you're in shape. You look better, you feel better. Look good, play good. Look good, feel good. (laughs) It's true. It's true for me. So, but I I have to laugh because I remember talking myself into this years and years and years and years ago when I was in Denver and when my, 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 Mella left me and I wasn't in the business, I was doing this thing called uniform rental. You drive around in a truck and you pick up uniforms in these grease ball, these greasy jobs where you can't even do the laundry in a regular laundry. You have to do it in, you know. And I was just doing that and I was unhappy. My my other mother-in-law was like, I want you to get a job in car sales. I don't want to do car sales. But I would always go to the gym. I found myself a gym and I went to the gym. 
And I'm like, well, here I am again. Really nothing's going on career-wise. So at least I can go to the gym and take care. You know, at least I can control that. So there you go. All right, enough babbling uh, by me in this one. Um, we've got the NFL draft coming up. That's always cool. At least a first round, you know, by day two, day three. Some watch it, some draft Knicks, and some of you watch it all the way through. I can't. I know Pat Donovan from WDA Radio. He loves the NFL so much. I love covering it. Don't get me wrong, but I can't go to day three. I'll just see who my team or who, you know, who they drafted and things like that. Uh, and there you go. You know what I did notice? I was just talking about the NFL owners meetings to my family members here the other night. I had a couple of beers, so I was talking a little too much. You know what I'm saying? Get the buzz on. My wife had to say, uh, you're starting to slur your words. I'm like, uh-oh. My wife tells me the truth. I'm like, all right, that's not how that. I'm here with the in-laws. I don't know. I better stop. But uh, uh, she was like, what about, I was telling her what it was like in Phoenix and what it was like at this unbelievable Arizona Biltmore. And I said, right outside, which they called, they made it into the media center. There was ESPN. They had a tent. They had a little set with lights, and then uh, there was CBS Sports HQ. Then there was NFL Network, and then over there there was Sirius XM. And she goes, "What were those sets like? Were they like?" And they no, they were not like the Super Bowl. And I said, "The Super Bowl was different. You didn't have the gambling sites. You didn't have Caesar Sportsbook. You didn't have FanDuel. You didn't have DraftKings sponsoring sets that were elaborate." This was the NFL owners' meetings. They didn't have any of that. It was more low-key. And then we just started. I went to go get my haircut today, and the guy was talking about gambling. What about Florida? Like, why Florida doesn't have legal gambling yet? I don't understand. Everybody else, this is 2023, man. We're halfway, through, almost halfway through the year. You can gamble almost anywhere. What the hell? But he's like, you can't do this, not a parlay like this, 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 this. So it's just interesting. Just interesting. All right, guys, listen. Eric Burns, you the man. Coming up next week, we're going to get ready for the NFL draft. It's here. I'm going to give you my sit down with Todd Bowles, Buccaneers head coach. I may even throw, throw Jason Light in and do a double whammy and just go all out. We may. We may. We'll see. But I hope you're doing okay. If you're healthy, no excuse. Get out there, man. Like Eric Burns said, this is a great time to be alive. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. And if you're not healthy, I pray for you, man. I, you know, hang tough. Hang tough. Be strong. All right, so we'll see you next week. Thank you. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. Hit it. And then it comes up automatically. It's very, very easy. Oh, my God. Last week, when I had on... The owner of the Bucks, Joel Glazier, on the Rock Stops here. I just hashtagged maybe one time, man, you, Manchester United. Oh, my God. It's the, the hatred the fans have for the Glaziers. Oh, my goodness. Boy, you got to have thick skin if you are owning Manchester United and you're from the States. Wow. But anyway, have a great week. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. I really do. And I'll talk to you next week. Maybe we'll have a home. Doubt it. 